alcohol free leading on the far side of Naval Crown as they race up towards the line. It's the Philly alcohol free for Rob Hornby and alcohol free. Rob Hornby, second group one of the week. Naval Crown second, Artorias running on well. The Aussie battler is a third. Pavitra at the 200, two lengths in front. Cool die couldn't match the sprint of Pavitra, who's off and gone with the Kemble LaGrange Classic. And it will make a mess of them. Eased up, Pavitra walks in one by four. He's coming now, Animo lays it down to converge, and the big day Animo puts the head in front, rattling home his fangirl, Animo is George Ryder. They're clear then from Montefilia, Mawunga can't go on, but it is William Haggis going to do it again. Jibayon is three lengths clear, last year's winner Montefilia can't get there, and Jibayon can't handle a dry track. Look at him go, Jibayon a rip clear to win it by five lengths to Montefilia. Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. Day two of the championships with a bit of get your rocks off from Primal Scream and some fantastic calling. Audio, of course, courtesy of uh, Sky Racing and, of course, Racing.com. Some absolute superstars for day two of the championships and a superstar of Vince Accardi from Daily Sexuals. Good morning, mate. Buongiorno. Good morning, Ralphie. What a great day. Blocks early. It's good Friday. It's a real good Friday because we get to talk about some fantastic horses running tomorrow. It's funny about this good Friday because I always say good Friday is like every Friday. <laughs> if you're on the planet, it's good, isn't it? As If you can breathe and you can move... You're in a great place. It's a good starting point. Well, Vince, unlike last week when our mindset was, you know, what are we going to be racing on? And then the, the rain hit. We know what the mindset is. It's going to be wet. But why are saying only a couple of mils today and won't, won't be any rain tomorrow? So what's your mindset for tomorrow? Well, my view is this. The, we've learnt over the few years that the biggest challenge is, if, is firstly, whatever they do pre-race, Yep, you know, watering to try and meet their, you know, their template of the track being in a certain condition. What they do, mucking around with verde draining, and then if the rain comes, Randwick falls apart. This is a known fact. But now we've got the opposite. Realistically, they can't water it because nature's taking care of that. They yep. can't verde drain it, so nature's taking care of that, right? So, if we don't get any rain on race day or let's say from this afternoon onwards, because I, I looked at YR as well, Ralphie, the reality is we're going to be on a drying track all the way through. And therefore, what we're going to see is what how a track should behave is continuous improvement. And I have a good level of confidence that we're definitely going to move away from a H side unless, you know, some you know phenomenal amount of rain falls again today. We're, yep. we're, we're going to be in a lot better place than what we were last week for sure. And we should put mouth guard in and let's, let's go. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Part two with the uh, rail out four metres after uh, race day, obviously, uh, carve up last Saturday. What's your thoughts on uh, where the best pace will be? Realistically, Ralphie, on pace should be red hot for the lead pack. And I would say, because they all tend to at least be at least one off the fence. So I'm saying one off the fence to six off the fence is going to be gold. And it's going to be a a heavy advantage for the on-pace runners' uh, lead pack. And then the lead pack, don't forget, I mean, the midfielders can still be in the strike zone. But I would say bit of a disadvantage if you're a back marker. All right, let's start with the Queen Elizabeth. Five million up for grabs and... Well, how long since we've seen a match race of this quality? Well, I suppose the day been uh, very elegant. Used to used to do it for a couple of years there as well. But this is just so exciting. And then we've got this added layer. And this is what I'm going to ask you about is about predicted pace in the race. This Japanese horse, Unicorn Lion, he's got one pace, hasn't he? Fast. Yeah, he is a he's a fast horse, Ralphie. But he's obviously very slow on wet tracks. Right. So that's, so that's yeah. So that's going to be. His they, big... they don't birdie drain and water over there, do they? No, no. Well, they understand racing and they understand <laughs> horses like to run on natural conditions. They don't like to be running on artificial ground. So, what's your mindset as far as uh, what you think the pace of the race will be? <sighs> Damien Lane isn't a player that's going to pull the ripcord and just go at a super hot sonic speed. Yeah, I'm, I'm, he's really very much that when he's on a front runner, he tends to go natural speed and look to try and look for a little bit of restraining you know, where he can because he understands the power of if you're over pulling that you know if you're trying to you know hold the horse up too much that it's not an advantage. So this sort of brings it into what I would call reasonable, and what I mean by reasonable speed is we're still going to be looking at probably plus three, plus five. So that's good, good speed, yeah, but not insane. Good solid speed, no, yeah. good solid speed. And if the track's you know continuously drying, then we're we're a really good chance for that to happen, Ralphie. Good, we want that. We we actually want a good race pace because that actually is going to help the midfielders and um, well, I'm not going to say the back marks, but definitely the midfielders to get their chance. Your early edition IVR of race speed profiles, your IVR forecast, you're working on plus 5.6. This is Cox Plate level. It is. It really is Cox Plate level, Ralphie. And you probably got a quarter. I'd say the top five in the grid are the only possibilities that yep. have been able to perform. But, of course, it's then we're going to bring in that variable factor of the wet. So I look at it. Those top five horses are making up the uh, 5.6 hurdle rate. So even if a couple of them don't turn up, you know you're still going to need to run above five to be any chance of getting on that podium. And this just cuts out the majority of horses, Ralphie. <laughs> certainly does. The market's focused on two. Uh, do we go to local champ or the or the visitor? We'll start with the visitor. Dubai Honor, when he's first Australian start, there's what we wrote in Sizzlers, 5.9 lengths above benchmark, ranked best of the day, first local run, what an outstanding performance, immediately putting him at the top of the tree in Australian racing over the last 12 months, this distance range. But here's the thing, Vince, minus 11.8, the 800 win, still in the soft tempo. So we went on to say more, but this is for you to say, what's that, that going to mean going from soft pace to fast pace, or good pace anyway? Well, I look at it like this. He's now got the grounding in him in terms right. of match hardening. Because 
how fit did he have the horse getting there <laughs> to be able to do 5.9? Seriously, Ralphie. I mean, think about it, right? And look at the squeeze that day. It's what, a 16.6 length mid-race squeeze, last 800 plus 12, and he's had the golden 21 days off. <laughs> so, and then and I looked is, through his profile. Sorry. Well, sorry, Ralph. I can't. I don't know if he handles heavy, but he's definitely one on wet tracks. Yeah, well, I mean, we just heard there from Darren Flindell that the last bit was who said he couldn't handle a dry track. Well, that's sort of a problem. <laughs> so he's come here as a wet tracker, and there he gets it. Yeah, so he's going to be looking for horses to see if they can break their own new records because that's where he's at. The turn of foot late, so to the eye, it put a space on him. Uh, to the clock, 4.4 lengths above benchmark. Well, maybe, and, and if you're you know, trying to learn your, your benchmarking system, Vince, here's another way to look at it. The fifth best last 200 of the day at the end of 2,000 metres, that's elite. It is elite, absolute elite. And I looked at it like this. Let's just take a position that he, they're going to spot the lead pack eight, eight lengths. That means this horse will still be travelling around minus three. Yep, in his comfort the, zone. Yeah, in his comfort zone. There'll be a little bit of a dulling of the speed in terms of the, how aggressive you are over the last 800. But when you sort of put some mathematical formulas around it, the theory is you probably drop about 20% of um, what you can do late, maybe 30 at the absolute maximum. So as long as that horse ends up in the running lanes then you're just massive, massive chance of delivering somewhere near within three lengths. Therefore, you're going to have somewhere around eight lengths above benchmark last 800 metres off that sort of race shape. Well, that then gives you the clear signal about what you need to do to reel in the lead pack and still have a couple up your sleeve. Before I get your thoughts on the matchup, Vince, let's have a look at what Animo's doing. And I feel like I'm repeating myself on what we said before the new market within secret. James Cattling's, it's a pattern trainer. Fourth up, spring 2021, beating a nose in the Cox Plate. Fourth up last autumn, won the uh, Rosewell Guineas by seven lengths. Fourth up last spring, won the Cox Plate. Today, or tomorrow rather, as we speak, he's fourth up. Yeah, well, here's the thing. He's, he's, he's a what a what a great young trainer. You know, probably I don't know. He's worthy of being up there on the global scene, in my view, in the way he handles horses, gets them pointed to be you know at their absolute best. And and I myself on a personal level, I've been waiting for a long time for this horse to take that next giant leap because all my internal work indicate this horse is a Definite plus seven horse, Rolfie. And and I'm not even saying that's his upper limit. At the moment, all we've got on exposure is, like you said, on that Cox Plate performance, 6.2 lengths above benchmark, 15th best of the day, beaten by a horse that's you know a genuine plus seven horse or higher. And here we are, this campaign, the horse has been improving all the way through and currently sits at 4.8 lengths above benchmark. Horse has got a rock-solid WTI. And looks set to test that level, and he's going to have to, Ralph, because if he doesn't, if he only runs to his last start, it's unlikely the horse will win. What's exciting, Vince, is that because there's a race of pace, he probably hasn't had that in so many races since, and I guess that's why you're saying you've been waiting for him to really take that elevation. Often he hasn't had the race shapes to give him that chance. Yeah, and 
you have a look at history. Again, go back to that year, Ralph. Remember the run at Caulfield, that mile run? The horse went eight lengths faster than standard through the first section, still travelling 2.2 lengths above between the eight and the four. Just confirming the versatility of the horse. It got it in spades. So, so no drama. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. All right. Um, well, let's talk, talk business. What, what's, your th- what's your thoughts at the moment, early edition? You've got Animo over Dubai on it. What's your thoughts when it comes to uh, uh, the outlay? Well, my view, um, you know, I guess, you know, it's boring, but I just stick with the strength. I mean, I know Dubai Honor's there to take a slot, but the way I play, as long as I get one of those three, I'm always happy. Of course, do I want to get the first place as well to get the upside? Absolutely. So I'm sticking with Animo, knowing I have a high level of confidence the horse is going to be first three. And if he doesn't perform to the optimum, then the horse is most likely going to run second or third. It's a nice way of looking at it. So the other three horses, Monophilia, Alenqua, Cascadian, firstly Monophilia, obviously well beaten by Dubai Honor. What case is there that uh, there's further improvement, if there is? Well, we'll have to come back a step first, Rafi. We didn't touch. I mean, Dubai Honors. I mean, I've got no idea what its ceiling is, right? Right, okay. It's, a, it's an extremely lightly raced horse. We could be seeing a horse who could be a superstar, right? Yes. We just might see that. So if that happens, then, you know, poor old Montefilia's best chances, you know, can it take that third slot? Because this is really – the rest of the horses, that's what they're all fighting for. They're just fighting for, can I get on the podium? It's just like going to the Olympics, am I going to get a bronze medal? <laughs> because they're not going to get gold or silver. Right? That's it. That's not going to happen, right? Yeah. But I just sit back and say Montefilia's demonstrated as well how talented it is. I love that run last start, Ralphie. I thought it was fantastic. Twelve and a half lengths below benchmark through the first section. Brilliant move in the mid-race, going plus 4.4. Rock solid last 400 of plus 5. And ended up with a you know fantastic figure of plus 2.7. We know this horse is capable of doing a lot more than that. I mean, we only have to go to Rose Hill back in March. We're 2,000 metres on a heavy track, and that was plus 3.5. Returned to WTI, plus 12.4. So you know this horse isn't going to have any issues and is going to be very comfortable meeting at least a hurdle rate, in my view, of mid-fours. And we've got that from Ramwick back in 2020. It's a long – we've got to go a long way back, Ralphie, when it produced a 4.8. And I'm not saying the horse can't run to that level. It's got to be a chance to be able to run to that level and it's going to get its opportunity here. Cascadian is just an absolute marvel. But at 2,000 metres, as good as he looked and he was in winning the Australian Cup, 2.3 lengths above benchmark. What's his his out of range when it comes to what you're forecasting his 2,000 range can be? Well, again, I, I like to keep it real. The absolute best the horse can do is bring his mile profile to 2,000. That puts him at 4.7. But the reality is all the indicators are saying it's more likely going to be somewhere around three, three and a half, upper end four if you really wanted to let your imagination go. And this is looking at all the technicals and the variables. So there is a shortfall. And you know that if Cascadian wins... You can be very confident those top two just uh, were having a bad day. 
That's it. And just finally, because you've got it on the chart and for those playing multis, Alenqua was thrashed in the All-Star Mile, but it was a high-pressure race, first Australian start on a firm track. We already saw Maya Oberon, so Alenqua ran last. Maya Oberon ran second last, and it got just got beaten in the Doncaster on a soft ground. So there, there is a case to say if he brings his UK profile that, uh, that he can run well and it's multi-consideration. Well, the reason why I wanted to get this horse up on the charts, Ralphie, is firstly, I didn't want to fool myself about what its capability is in terms of potential. But more importantly is this horse had to use plenty of energy early, which was unsuitable, and that's why you had the big weakening late. Can handle wet ground and is going to thrive on the 2,000 metres. And again... When I say to you, Ralphie, that I've got the plus four there, there's no ceiling on this horse. It has to find the length to be in that top three contenders spot, and why not? All right, one to finish with there as far as the Queen Elizabeth, but yep. it's a pretty basic sort of uh, betting race, and the markets have said the two, but if you can get high twos and a mo, that probably says $1.30, $1.40 the place, and you'll be happy. Ralphie, Easter is going to be a nice day. <laughs> All right. Well, this is a race with a lot of depth, though. The uh, the Queen of the Turf, race nine in the program here. Nice big field as we speak. Uh, the early scratching is one of the emergencies, Captain Joie. Um, as far as the pace is concerned, how are you assessing this? Yeah, well, again, I've marked the race above average. All the indicators are when I look at the early sort of speed, you could make a case they could go plus seven. There is a possibility of that happening, Ralphie, where they can run that fast, particularly if the ground's drying. And I'm, again, looking at the lower end. The lower end's indicating probably plus four. So plenty of speed. This I could upgrade this come Saturday morning to uh, fast pace. All right, well, let's start with Alcohol Free. He was the favourite at sort of mid-three range. Uh, obviously, we heard the July Cup win where Artorias ran third. Marvellously versatile mare on its uh, UK profile. We've seen it once at the trials. How are you assessing her talent level? Oh, this, this is a, a pretty uh, high-class horse, Ralphie. This is like a, a very high-class horse. Um, and I, and I'm on. if it just turns up and runs to its overseas profile, it's, it's a rock-solid plus four-point five to plus six range and it's just like fangirl's got to run into another animo right <laughs> so that makes it awkward and we've seen the uh well a, a royal ascot went on heavy ground so uh, i wouldn't think that uh, the soft conditions will be any concern whatsoever no and i and i do love the fact when you've got a local rider on it as well in terms of like understanding the track pattern and where you need to be so you, you get another edge there and this horse has, you know, been in fast run races as well, Ralphie. So I just sit back here and say, this is a pretty serious mare. And, you know, keeping it real, probably only bad luck stands in its way. Ooh, that's a nice statement. The, the, the other point about the local rider, James McDonald, uh, Chris Waller's got a number of runners here. I, I don't know for sure if he could have ridden any of them, but he rode alcohol-free in the trial, and he's, he's on a race day, so the trial must have given him a good feel. What did the trial say on the clock? Well, the trial was an above-benchmark profile, just indicating like the horse is ready to launch. <laughs> right. Absolutely launch. Okay. So we got Fangirl and Hoping Your Heart on the quick backup. Uh, Fangirl, uh, it was nice and documented beforehand, and that was the case in the race that uh, uh, she's better drier. Hoping Your Heart, though, uh, she's pretty versatile, but on a class 
level. Uh, you know, we probably saw in that Golden Eagle that uh, Fangirl's just slightly better, but I hope in the heart still a very good horse, and she does love the soft ground. Yeah, well, they, they've got a, a very similar profile where track-wise, Ralphie, that they have the capacity to get, you know, they've got a, both got a score in excess of plus eight on the on the wet track profile. I mean, the only difference is Fangirl, I mean, last start still got within two lengths, Ralphie, so it's pretty good. Uh, the reality is, you are right, Ralphie, there is that gap, and I don't believe at the moment we have been able to see, open your heart, just take that next step, and at the moment it's still chasing the 4.2, where Fangirl realistically is... You know, proven like even like this campaign, Ralph. It's already gone four and a half, yeah. so it only has to run to that level to be, you know, to ensure a place finish. Well, in feature races, so I'll say Group One, and I'm including the Golden Eagle on good ground. There's only two horses that have ever beaten Fangirl. Can you believe this? And their names are Animo and I Wish I Win. That's a pretty yeah. fair profile on good ground. Yeah, and that just shows you how how talented Fangirl is, and. I, I've got this feeling, Ralphie, this track's going to be drying and we're not going to see the, um, the you know, I don't know, what do they call it, the parting of the Moses or whatever you want to call it of last weekend. <laughs> right. Uh, where does Lavonde fit in the Kiwi Mare? Fantastic IVR figure last start. It was off a soft uh, tempo, but, of course, you know, the, the figure's the figure and it, it's serious, but here it's going to be in a, a, a different uh, race shape. Yeah, it's a different race shape, but again, this horse has shown, like I, I could find some performances back in New Zealand where the horse has sort of come off when it's running sort of like four lengths below benchmark and still have a plus seven combined last 800. So you know this horse has got sustained speed for 800 metres. And yes, last start, it pretty much did it all over the last 400, right? 8.6, but... This just is the nature of the horse, and it's quite capable of um, – could it take that next step? Well, I'm just sitting here thinking, well, it, it's possible, Ralphie. It is actually possible this horse might take that next step and break through the, the mid-fours and, you know, get into the fives range. I mean, this is a very, very smart horse. There's a, three more I want to ask you about. One, you've got on your most advantage, two, you haven't. And one is a tissue. What a performance first up. Is she best at 2,000 or has she got enough freshness in her legs to be able to uh, do this second up? Well, I'm hoping that the horse is going to be good enough to do it second up, to just take that next step. I just watched its trials. It's sort of gone from minus 8 to minus 0.8 and then went plus 1.5, beautiful last 400. And the only reason why I kept it in, Ralph, is when they don't have to use a lot of fuel early, the speed stays in the legs. And therefore, they sort of get that golden roll of the dice where they can have another crack before losing that speed in the legs. So I'm just sitting here saying that this is probably ideal. Um, from a track point of view, I sort of sit back and say, okay, you're, you're, you're very similar to the other two runners. You've just got to make that next step. <sighs> you know, and, and the next step's big, right? I'm not sure it's going to come tomorrow, Ralphie, but it's a horse that I'd have in my multis. Stablemate Hinged, uh, where'd she fit in? Uh, she was very good last spring, and, and she, she loves the wet tracks, that's for sure. She was just beaten in the Epsom. She was third behind Animo. First up, second behind Animo, and she's come back in trip, which Chris Waller has effectively done before to win uh, mild features. Yeah, it has. 
But this will be a horse that's definitely lost the speed in the legs, Ralphie. And I'm just looking at back markers. It's got to be a negative. It's got to, it's got to climb a lot, right? Because we've got to look – if we keep this real, and I just look at the separation, this is no different to the last race we spoke to. There's two runners. There's a quantum gap to the rest. The hurdle rate – look at the hurdle rate, Ralphie, 4.8. It's mm. a big hurdle rate. And only two horses have gone there, or better. The rest have to get to brand new PBs. I mean, you know, I wouldn't want to go to the Olympics trying to find a half a metre in a high jump. <laughs> it's a good way of putting it. So I'll finish with this. The horse statement that was well-backed in its first uh, Australian run a fortnight ago, sort of plain, but uh, what you wanted to – what you highlighted uh, on your race speed profiles that day and we discussed was she's superior on soft ground and she will get that. Uh, she didn't get it a fortnight back. Yeah, and I'm hoping we might see that, but that's a, that's a we've had the run now. Yep. And I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to think back at the moment, Ralphie. How many times have we – usually when these overseas horses come, they just – show their skills straight away. Yep. And this this one didn't, right? So I'm just sitting here saying, are you going to? What was it that affected you? Maybe it was just the way the, the nature of the race shape, like you said, and, and the ground conditions weren't 100% favourable for the horse. So I've just got it in the quarantine box. Of course, can you turn up and surprise? If you're doing multis, I mean, I've got it at the bottom of my charts. I mean, don't leave it out if, you, if that's how you feel. But I, I'm willing to chance my arm. All right, uh, so we'll talk business tomorrow, but it sounds like at the moment you're pretty keen on alcohol-free, but uh, you'd great respect for Fangirl, particularly if the uh, if the track's drying. Is that fair, fair to say? Well, well, it has to be, Ralph. Yeah. It has to be, and, and you know, there's some there's some good value there. Absolutely. All right, uh, let's go to the Oaks, race six in the program here. Pavitra's favourite. We heard that little bit of audio at the start when she just absolutely dominated at, uh, at Kimball Grange, last start second to a Kiwi star in prowess. Uh, third was Fireburn, who gets softer conditions than she uh, than she got that day. And on the quick backup is Arts. Uh, that sort of finishes off the local form. The Kiwi uh, Penny Wecker, uh, though, for Damien Lane, is also in the race. Uh, Pavitra's favourite. Where's your starting point as to how the pace of this race will be? Yes, well, the pace of the race, Ralphie, it's, a, it's an interesting one. All the signals are that if they're all wanting to roll and be aggressive, we might get to benchmark plus one, but more. there's a higher probability we're going to be more like minus five to ten. That's the way I'm seeing it. You know, I've marked it average, but it, it should be a below average race pace, Ralphie. That, that's realistically what I see happening, particularly if we're still on, you know, let's say slow ground tomorrow. Yeah, I've been working with you for a decade, Vince. Most of these oaks, they're pretty orderly, aren't they? They are. And then when we look at the flip, the flip side and we just have a look at their, their capability in terms of how far above the, the benchmark standard they are, and we are dealing with – I mean, there's the hurdle rate. It's half a length below, Ralphie. Yeah, like even I'd like to throw my hat in the ring to say maybe I can get a chance here. <laughs> I'm just, you know – I mean, See, compared to the other races that we just spoke about. Yeah, you talk confidence level, of course. Yeah. So, so Pavitra's favourite. You've got her most advantage at the moment. Uh, what's the case for her off her dominant win and then, like I said, second last start to a Kiwi, very talented Kiwi prowess? Yeah, well, there was clear there was a clear gap in the end, wasn't there, Ralphie? Yeah. I mean, there really was, and the horse did cut through the first section. Like, I don't believe the horse could have got any softer. <laughs> like, it was just a real cruisy pace. And that's what this horse needs. Needs a slow pace 
to have its chance. But it's got that run under its belt now, so it's ready for the 2400. And I do see this horse getting a chance to break benchmark, and that's that's got to be the starting point. This is where, where it all begins. Can handle the wet. It's not a uh, like a mud runner, but it can definitely handle the wet. Rock solid between... 4.2 and 6.2 WTI. That's enough for me, Ralphie, to say that you can handle the wet. And you're going to be on a slow pace. You're going to be up the front, Ralphie. It's going to be no easy feat to run down. And and I'm, like, super confident the horse will be in the lanes. <laughs> Fair jockey change with Jamie yeah. McDonald on too. <laughs> exactly. Just everything, all the ingredients are right. What, what, what's the talent level of the Kiwi Pennyworker? Well, as you can see on the scoreboard, I've tried to be kind, and there it is, point eight. Yeah. Below. That's that's where we're at with this horse. The easy win over twenty four hundred. That's probably what makes it the horse look somewhat exciting. But that was a like a minus three and a half performance, Ralphie. Right. But you know, I'm not taking anything away from it. I do feel this horse has got a benchmark profile about it. <sighs> Definitely, when I looked at that run on the minus point eight, that was on a, well, you know, I know they scored it heavy, but the track, the way I worked it out was, I thought the track was more like S6, uh, and but that's probably what I'm expecting tomorrow, Ralphie. So I think this horse is riding this race, guaranteed to get the 2,400 metres, and I have to say, 100% the right rider for this horse. <laughs> T-Lane. Yeah. And look, it's an old truism, but it has stood the test of time. I remember Mark Lamborn on the old punter show, uh, first time I heard anyone say it was the best uh, leading for a 2400 race is a 2400 race. So yeah. Miles and the legs. And this is why I sort of felt that these were the two main horses to beat Provida and Penny Wacker. They, they, they're the two, and then... You know, five burns up there based on past history. Of you know, otherwise it'd probably be you know off the charts. So I just wanted to re- make sure that I had some respect because the horse has still got the class to be as good as the others, and therefore you know can't be totally dismissed. Uh, arts on the quick backups, not a bad theory, but uh, it was a bog heavy track last start uh, last Saturday, and it, what, what we're pretty confident about uh, as of Friday morning, it won't be bog heavy tomorrow. No, I, I doubt it, Ralphie. Yeah. I, I feel that it's going to be a different ball game, and you know it's a, it's a fringe player. All right, uh, let's have a look at the Sydney Cup. Uh, what's your speed expectations here in the Sydney Cup over race seven on the program? Yeah, the Sydney Cup, Ralphie. Again, if we look at the last start profile, the clear sign is that we're going to be anywhere between minus three and ten, and the data is clearly pointing to a lot closer to minus ten. And if we look at the flip side, and then we look, I, I look to combine the last two starts on the opposite end. And again, the reason why I'm only saying this is because Knights orders the the dark horse about the speed creation, right? And if it wants to, and Timmy Clark, you know, he's a, he's a real interesting rider up front, Ralphie. He he likes to let him rip, and then feels like the smart thing is to do will just hold them back. Like, in other words, he wants to put the dominance on the race. And if he does that, then the horse could be going plus three. Right. So they'll feel it if that's yeah. the case. Yep, they will. 
All right, well, to our mate Scott, who uh, is a part owner of Arapo and just having such a such a ball uh, as this horse just keeps improving. An importer clearly, uh, well, this time last year, was winning a benchmark 78. Last start, a winner of the Tancred. I mean, it really posted a serious figure last start. Oh, Ralphie, oh, goodness me. Of course, would you like to be back at him? Yes, of course you would. But that last start, two, it was absolutely like as real as it can get. It was fantastic. Got a golden race shape, 10.8 lengths below benchmark, but no easy feat in the mid-race to go 4.9 above. That's 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 almost a three-length, uh, three-second squeeze between the 800 and the 400. It's pretty serious in a 2,400-metre race. And then showed the grit to still be able to run plus 3.3 last 400. And then if you look at the micro splits, from the 800 to the finish line, the only the overall deterioration was a length, and it was all above benchmark. I mean, that's solid, Ralphie. So I sit back here and say, well, here we go, 3,200 metres. If you're ever ready, you're ready now, right? You're definitely ready now. Um, you can handle the wet track. It's proven. I've, I went through some runs. I mean, I only had to go back to Rose Hill, and that was, uh, you know, minus 33s on the raw, Ralphie, and the horse produced a plus 13.9. So I don't see any issues with wet ground conditions. And I, I feel high probability of getting the right race shape, and it's there. It's just going to be a matter of whether Gold Trip is the one that's going to beat you or not. <laughs> $12 does seem a very generous price but for, for what it did last night, anyway. But it, it shouldn't be $12, Ralphie. That's right. the reality. Let's bracket the, the two here, the gold trip in Cleveland, um, because they both ran unplaced in that race uh, to the uh, the tankard behind Arapaho, both producing big, big mid-race squeezes. Cleveland, the market's completely uh, gone insane about, uh, in the $4 now. Gold trip, $8, and as I said, a wrap over $12. So that's uh, what we've got, first, um, fifth, and seventh from that race. The mid-race tells the tale. What tale does it tell? Yeah, well, this is interesting. So, yeah, wonder why they've gone ballistic about it, Bob, because it- – White drop. Oh, weight drop, right? Okay, okay. And what, what's it? What's it going down to? What weight are they going down to? Forty well, kilos. 50, what, Fifty-one compared to gold trip, still at fifty-nine and a half. Right, right. So that's what they're saying. This turnaround's going to kill it. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Well, because the way I'm looking at it is like this. Firstly, we look at this, the move in the mid race. Okay, let's say the gold trip's still going to, you know, for all the weight lovers, going to carry the same weight or half a kilo more. The, the mid-race move was from, what, minus 15.8 to plus 5.4 and then finished the last 400 metres with a plus 4.3. And then when we look at Cleveland, who um, also carried 59 kilos, was it, was 14.2 below with a plus 5.3 and an overall plus 4. Very, very solid if I look at it from that angle and 0.8 above benchmark sort of keeps it in the grid. <sighs> The, the only advantage this horse gets, in my view, is it's extremely uh, lightly raced, Ralphie. Like, it's only had a hand, you know, what's it had? Less than 10 starts. Could be a monster improver. So there is that possibility. I don't ever believe it's easy to go second up and improve dramatically, Ralphie. Not when you're coming off a long break, even from this stable. And there's no way that stable 
didn't have this horse fit going into race. This horse was very fit, Ralphie, going into that race. I look at the energy distribution late. It actually increased its pace. That's a sign of a horse being very forward. So this horse isn't going to turn up and miraculously just find 10 lengths. The only thing that it can find is natural improvement. What's it got to do? It's got to find two lengths. Well... But that's not a hard thing to do, irrespective of the weight. Whether you're 51 or 59, you should have it in your arm at a fine two, and that makes you competitive. Does that deserve you to be like the only horse that, that's of any interest? I'd say no. So I just want to back the truck up on a point you've made there about the mid-race because the other reason that Cleveland obviously will be um, heavily backed, and fair enough, that was it was it was strong late, so to speak, to the eye, and, you know, it's a Team Williams horse aimed at a cup. But yep. strong late doesn't equate to what you measure in the mid-race. And Gold Strip actually beat it, <laughs> outstripped it in the mid-race and then gassed out. And what I'm sort of going to ask you about via the profile, his first up run, the stable didn't expect anything. And this is an important part. So let's take on face value. The stable didn't take any, expect anything. And he was so good in a brutal, when the barriers open, it's not up, they're not going to be expecting that in the, that 1800 at Sandown, in a brutal race, there's every chance that flattened him because they didn't have him ready. So maybe it took him a couple of runs before he gets his chance to now peak in a 3200. And the horse will be, he's, so the one thing no one can do, not even Joseph O'Brien, is you still got to get him battle ready, and that and that can only come through races. Yep. This this horse is battle ready, and as in gold trip. Yeah, gold trip. Yeah. I, I don't have to go too far back. Winner of the Melbourne Cup, and produced a two point two. I I actually feel the horse is set to go past that number. Right from the get go, I've had the view this time in this horse. We could see its real superiority, and if this horse can take that next step, and if First up is any guy to go by like what you said to me in the beginning with this horse, Ralphie. Then this horse is going to get its opportunity to potentially go plus 2.8 to plus 4. And you know that if you can run to that level on a Melbourne, you know, Melbourne Cup distance or 3,200 metres, you know, you're an elite horse. Where does the other Joseph O'Brien runner fit in, Baron Samidi? Well, I... I don't know what that, what's the market doing with this horse because this has got an excellent profile, Ralphie. $13, $14. Yeah, I'm going, eh, what they forget about this horse? Loves the wet track. Absolute winner at the distance. Now, on its very recent profile, I've scored it 2.4. Now, this horse is also potentially capable of going plus four. Handles the wet, and you know how good he is bringing him in cold, ready to go with an explosion. And this horse meets that profile, that this horse can absolutely do that. Just needs a good parade because it's a little bit sideways, and you know, since uh, early 22. So, so the last five starts, he's been well beaten. Let's, let's just put that on yeah. the table. But what you're also putting on the table is if he brings his best – he easily can win this race if he brings his best. Yeah. When I look at those, what's happened, it's not because the horse has gone sour. Things mustn't, be, mustn't have been right with the horse, Ralphie. Yeah. And I feel that Joseph, this is my view. I believe Joseph O'Brien's got it here to see, are you a worthy contender for a Melbourne Cup? Because at 3,200 metres, this horse is like a, a bit of a giant killer. 
All right, so well, uh, Surefire's under a, uh, a, a vet inspection cloud, so we'll know for sure tomorrow, obviously. But uh, what's your thoughts on uh, Surefire? Where does it fit in? Uh, as soon as you say vet, finished. Yep. Like, uh, I'll be downgrading. <laughs> okay, nice and simple. King Frankel's the second favourite. Quick word there. Well, I just wanted to keep it there if, for some unknown reason, this track stays heavy, Ralphie. Yeah, and that's probably the same as Dockman, yeah? Yeah, and that, and that's the only reason why I wanted to keep him there. And even Explosive Jack, to a, to a lesser extent, like who I feel that we – I don't think we've really seen the very best of that. And then there was another runner. I, I might have touched on him when we are doing the post-race, that higher uh, – is it higher motion? High, high motion, yeah. Yeah, yep. I'm just wondering. Like, I know it's a, it doesn't have a high figure, but just a one at a bolt – is it a bolter's price? No, nah, it probably isn't. They probably found it. Um, yeah, that's one that I, I've, I've already – circled in I want in my uh, you know like for a place getter for multis just, just one we found in Sizzlers um, a couple yep. of starts back was Timor where does it fit in Chris Waller Bolter that uh, he targeting this race yeah same boat as uh, the 12 Ralphie absolutely one of these horses that could leap up and why I'm saying they could leap up is only on the basis the key horses we spoke about and don't turn up because if they turn up, forget about it. <laughs> so this, yeah. we can read the book either from the back or from the front. I always like to look read from the front, right? Yep. And the front says that you know there's like two, three chances. That's it. Nice. All right. Well, we'll ask a couple of quick ones about some uh, some uh, other sort of yep. minor features here, just to uh, give uh, give our customers a bit a bit of a headspace about them. The, the last race there, Zapateo, most advantage. The market's really gravitated to it, so it should. It was fantastic first up. What's the case for Zapateo? Well, if we've got a drying track, then you want to get pretty excited because the horse got a fantastic profile. Rock solid two point nine, right at the top of its game, has to be the one to beat. But if this track is S7 still, you know, near that H8 range, then I would uh, I'd be negative on the horse. So drier the better. Um, dry the just better. a couple of quick ones. What do we see at the trials of Juan Diva? It's got a funny profile, this, but geez, you can produce a good run at times. Yeah, I um, based off the trials, of course, I managed to sort of take a position that when I had a close examination of what it actually did from a, a trial point of view. I just came away with the thought off the first trial was benchmark. And I said, geez, they've got you ready to go. And then the 1,030 was half a length below, right? And I said, okay, this horse is 100% going to bare minimum run to at least 1.6, but I actually – feel this horse is going to run a lot closer to what it did as a PB of plus 2.2. Only just known from experience that mares are quite capable of extending in terms of improving, and this horse's rock hard fit. I don't even have to look at it in the yard. I already know this horse is going to be ready to go. Well, that's a $10. Another $10 short I'll finish with asking about here is Kiku. I watched the Chris Waller video yesterday, Vince. There's always some gold there. Uh, if, If you said watching that that here's the here's the short break bounce uh, i think he's got this horse ready yeah he's he is a short break bounce and this is another horse that sort of has this profile of potentially going you know 1.6 1.8 it's there to be done and if i just look at that rose hill run back in september of last year that profile fits the bill perfectly uh, trials a little bit softer than uh, joan diva 
And from a wet track profile point of view, I probably also mark it slightly behind as well, Ralphie. So I'm just probably a little bit more in favour of Joanne Diva. All right. So so if it's a drying conditions, really, Zapata is well entitled to be favourite. Oh, well, that's the horse to beat no matter what because everybody has have to break PBs to beat it. <laughs> All right, and we'll finish with the arrow field. Unfortunately, what you need is out of the race there. So the, uh, the Price Kent team who, uh, who, was tar- who were targeting this race, it's not in the race. Uh, that's made our cabin pretty short from Zoo Tiger and uh, Cote. What's, uh, what's your thoughts here for those who think you're taking the shorts on our cabin? The, the short, oh, it's come up short, hasn't it? Yeah. Well... Wet track's going to play a big role, isn't it? Mm. Drying, you want to start looking at dialing in on it. If we're solid S7s, right, uh, I probably ha- – I'd have to lean towards Zoo Tiger and possibly even uh, Coat Ralphie. I mean, I-, I have a lot of respect for Cabin. I always feel this is also another horse that I've got on my radar. You know, you got that potential to break out and be, you know, a very serious racehorse or have we sort of met your ceiling and you're not going to take that next, you know, big step. At the moment, plus 1.9. That was first up Ramwick back in February. We know that the horse repeats that. And mind you, the 1,045 trial says you're like, you haven't gone back a millimetre. At all, Ralphie. So be very confident that this horse is going to turn up. Just when it's been on the real wet grounds, I know it won at Caulfield easily. That was a heavy track. So maybe because it won so softly, it didn't fully extend itself. The WTI was plus 2.7. The maiden performance at Warwick Farm where it was minus 30, that was 3.2. And I thought the horse was having a real go there, right? Yep. This is why I said I'm not sure about its profile on the wet track. Probably need to see again, but I wouldn't throw you off it. I would just be a little – I'd be more reserved. Like if, if we're drying, I'd probably want to back you, Ralphie, is the way I'm feeling. And Zoo Tiger's the other one. Blinkers on, child in blinkers, Vince, back in trip. Yeah, well, 1.5 already locked in. We know this stable's been going very well. It absolutely handles the the wet ground, Ralphie. And when I say the wet ground, again, I'd have a preference. To like, I want to see an S7 yep, or or better, and then the horse can run right up to its plus two range, right? At the moment, I've binned it at around 1.5. I don't think we've seen the best of the horse, and it's lightly raced. has to be the big threat. I'll just finish with one horse that I want to ask you about here, and and the headache trainer is Annabelle Nation because geez, she can get horses to improve. Yep. If economics turns up at what he did at his best last spring, it's going to run a big race, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose he's... drawing track is is one he's going to want. Well, the horse can handle some given the ground as well. Yep, uh, to a certain extent, you know, it's not that far behind the others. But this, this is – here we go, Ralphie. You know, we talk about Annabelle Nishan, about how she gets them ready to go. When I look at the horse's profile, like it was already running a benchmark at Hawkesbury. Yep. And then turned up first up and ran 0.5 below and then rebounded off that beaten three lengths and ran 0.2 above. What's that say to me? And, you know, and I just sit back saying, you, you, you're not running to your plus twos. Why? Is that because it's something to do with the distance? Or 
are you going to go sideways this campaign? So it's a watch and see run. But of course, if you say that, you know, like imagine if the horse does turn up and run plus two, well then it's worthy of being equal favourite. All right, we'll talk business tomorrow. We'll go through each race uh, with the Race Speed Profiles final edition. We'll have some real clarity about how the track's going to play as well. But in the meantime, really appreciate you being a customer of Year Round Carnival.